Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Motor America fans, and welcome to this latest special edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Vice. We are in person here at Daytona International Speedway in the Media Center. Um, I'm Sean Vice, and I'm joined by our communications manager, Paul Carruthers, on the other side. Hello, Paul. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, and we have Mr. Two-Time uh, and defending Daytona 200 champion, Brandon Posh, with us this year, who's going to go for three in a row, which is so weird. Think about this. In the entire history of the Daytona 200, there have been five-time winners, four-time winners, three-time winners. We've never had anybody win it three times in a row, and Brandon has a chance to do that this year. So welcome, Brandon. Uh, did I set you up with any nerves? Uh, no, no nerves. Third time's a charm, though, so we're uh, going in full head of confidence, ready to go. The, you know, the first year, so you won, the first year you won it on a, on a Yamaha. Yeah. Um, and the last, last year on a Triumph, you're back on a Triumph this year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm technically I, i'd like to think that we're undefeated around here i uh the first year i did it it got red flagged and restarted so um i was in the right spot second place a couple laps to go ready to do the same thing that i i've been doing and um didn't get the chance so i count that as a win and then uh the year after that covid so we didn't race and then yeah and i'm two times back to back after that so I got some confidence going into this year. I, I really like this place. There's always uh, some magic about Daytona. Uh, you come out here and it's a different atmosphere for sure. So um, good team, good bike, good teammate, good vibes. We're ready to go. We talked about it a little bit before the show started, but obviously with Daytona, there's a little bit of luck involved because like you said, you got to be in it. You yeah. got to be in that lead group and then pretty much anything could happen. Yeah. You got to so be there to get lucky. yourself in that position right. or, or luck's not going to help. No, for sure. Yeah. You got to put yourself in the position to get lucky. You know, uh, Daytona, I mean, yeah, there's definitely strategy and it's definitely, uh, you have your idea of what you want to do, but there is some bit of luck that goes into it. Like your time in a draft at 180 miles an hour with right. four guys around you for, like it's not easy to to perfectly time that so yeah for sure there's definitely luck was there any point last year other than when you actually crossed the line that you thought you were going to make it or no. were you in doubt no. the whole way i was like ah, i think i could do this i think i could do it and I, honestly even on the last stop i was like there's not a chance i'm doing this and i uh, i kind of got lucky just where i placed myself on the track as as far as like uh where hayes was and where i was coming on to nascar four and stuff but um I just happened to put myself in the right spot. Like, it's not like if the roles were reversed, it could have very easily been Hayes that won it or Peterson. Had I not been there, Hayes was going to win the race full right. on. If I wasn't next to him. Cause you moved over, on, you moved over on him a little yeah. bit, right? Did he have yeah. to? Yeah. He had to roll out a little bit to, to like not collide. But I mean, at 180 miles an hour, it's so hard to kind of change your trajectory. Like you, once you start going in one direction, you're kind of going that way unless you roll out of the throttle and I'm not willing to roll out. So like most things, when you watch it, like when we're in here watching it, it seems really sketchy, but it's less sketchy when you're doing it. Uh, it? Yeah. Everything seems like it's going so slow when you're on the banking, like, especially with guys that you trust. So like Campy, Marias and, and Hayes, they were all real nice to ride with. Like nobody's making any sudden moves. Everybody's real smooth. And like, you kind of, you can predict where they're going to go which is nice because like you ride with some of these other squirrels that are a little farther back in the pack and you're just like, Jesus, like get away from me. 
because these guys don't know where they're going. They're just swerving all over the banking and running into each other. And then you get with like the older guys that have been around for a while and they're all very controlled. And so riding around them, yeah, it's great. Like everybody is uh, like courteous to each other, kind of. Right. Obviously, they all want to win, but it's more, uh, it's, it feels safer around those guys. Was, was, how about when you, you, you actually lost the lead group, but then when you pitted, you made up ground by not getting tired? Yeah. Was, was, was that as much of a gamble as it sounds like, or did you know you were going to be okay? Oh, I had no idea. We, uh, like, so actually the lap, the lap that I was pitting in, I came out of the barrel corner and I was like, I spun the thing up going up onto the banking and I was like, oh, good thing I'm coming and getting a tire on this lap. So like, I was fully, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to tire. This is good. Like starting to lose some grip here, come in and everybody's just looking at me. And I was like, what, like, what do we do? Like, is somebody going to change this tire or like, what's going on? Because nobody said that before the race. So we had no plan on running the same tire and, uh, they're like, is it good? And I was like, it's great. Let's go. So they just, only champ. Yeah. I didn't really have it. I didn't have an option. So it was like, they fueled a bike seven seconds and they're like, see ya. Like, hey, good luck. Funny because any other form of motor racing, like cars, they'd be talking and the driver yeah. would have a decision. You had no decision. To I had no, yeah, there was no choice. It was either like I had, I knew in that moment when they hesitated to put the wheel in that this is the direction we're going. Like, because at that point, there's no, it doesn't make sense for them to change the tire after having a conversation about should we change the tire? Right. Because by that point, you've just lost 10 seconds. So now there's, like, now you're with Escalante and the boys and, in fourth, fifth place. So like, it's kind of, you got to go, you don't have a choice. So it was one of those deals. You know, we played that end, the ending, the finish of that race a bunch of times and looked at it and got to analyze it. So Cam Peterson is right there. He's almost looking over at him. In fact, I think he is. Did he touch you at all? Uh, yeah. Our, like his elbow hit my like leg slash fairing, but um, I mean, going that past, like, I was kind of looking at him too. So of course like, we're looking at each other pretty much. So we're going to go straight at each other. Yeah. Kinda. So like, it was one of those things. Cause we're both looking to see who, who just won the race, like you're crossing the finish line and everybody's like wanting to win. And then when you're that close, you're kind of looking at each other, like hoping you're the one that did it, you know? And, uh, yeah, we, we did collide, but Cam's another one. Like that guy's got so much talent on a motorcycle that like, if you run into him on the banking and you, I don't know. I, I just think he's uh he's all right with it. Like he's got the control to kind of get himself out of a sticky situation. Yeah, I mean he showed that when he raced against Danilo last year and had some issues in the corkscrew there. Yeah. He didn't care. I mean he was happy. We thought he was going to be all upset when he came in. He goes, "No, oh, let's do that again." You know, he was really good with it. Yeah, Cam's cool to race. Um, obviously that was the first time I've ever really raced him, and um, a lot of those guys actually is the first time that I've raced him. And uh, Cam is one of the more talented guys I've raced with for sure. He's uh interesting individual to watch ride. Yeah, yeah different. different. You, you like, like to mix, mix it up a little bit out there? there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I kind of give what I get, you know, like I'm, I'm real uh, reserved unless somebody wants to get scrappy with me, I'm going to give it right back. Like I don't take anybody's shit on the track. Like if somebody wants to give it to me, I'm giving it right back. I don't care. So is you, if you get passed, is your immediate thought, I got to pass that guy right back as soon as possible? Yeah, you got to let him know. I mean, I'm not going to get bullied out there. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So you got to give it right back instantly as soon as you can. And it kind of makes people, all right, maybe we won't, we won't mess with that guy. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the kind of impression you want to leave on, on everybody because then they kind of leave you alone and you kind of have a respect for each other that you don't make silly maneuvers on each other. Now, I think last year you qualified fourth. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter here, does it? I mean, Hayes was on the back. Row. Yeah. Hayes was last, right? So 
it's not one of those races where because no i mean in history there have been guys that have obviously gotten away but it doesn't happen in recent history yeah i mean i've seen uh like bobier got away so like maybe 2014 he kind of walked and, and he was gone but um recent recently there's not been anybody that's got away i think maybe essek would have been the last one that kind of right. won by a mile per se and and that was on the triumph i think back in like 15 somewhere around there so it's not very likely to get away and you got to really be able to uh even when you do get away you got to be consistent and be able to throw those lap times down lap after lap which isn't easy because you get so many lappers here and the draft plays a big part of it as well so like for cam last year he had a what six second gap seven second gap and we were able to reel him in and yeah he said he admits that he like being his first 200 he was getting a little happy with the tire and kind of having too much fun and then yeah ran out of no yeah you gotta you gotta have a strategy and stick to it for sure i mean if you get lucky to be in that position that cam was in you don't like you do whatever you have to do to to run a lap time at least that's my mentality like if i get blessed to be in that situation <laughs> they are not catching me at least not easily you know and like I feel like even the year before with SDK, like he kind of rolled out of it or whatever he was doing. I caught him from 11 seconds back in 10 laps or right. something like that. So it's like, I don't know. It's not easy to get a gap, but if you do get a gap, it would make things a lot nicer for sure. Because when it comes down to the last lap and you got four dudes that you're trying to figure out, like, how am I going to outsmart these guys? Playing chess with four guys is a lot more difficult than one guy or being by yourself. So. Right. So, so this, this will be the 81st running, running of the Daytona 200, and we have a bit of a controversy that we have to talk to Brandon, and Paul's going to chime in on, on this too. So this is an interesting situation. Obviously, Josh Heron at one point won the Superbike Championship, but he went to Moto2 the next year, so he never really had the number He never, not really, he never actually had the number one on his bike. Last year, he won the Supersport Championship, and so he's moved up to Superbike for this year, so he's not going to have the number one on his bike. He'll be number two. And, and the, the entry, entry list showed show that, that Josh Heron is going to be the number two bike this weekend. But then we just heard recently that Josh Heron will be running the number one. And this race is separate from the Supersport Championship that we have at Start the Road Atlanta. And that's the championship he won. This race, whether you win or not, it doesn't have anything to do with the Supersport Championship. I don't get why he has the number one. And this isn't anything against uh, Heron. And we have some differing opinions. Hell, he wasn't even number two last year. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So not to be that guy, but it's not a points paying race. I mean, I, I'm the champ. And, you know? and two times. So you're obviously 96. Yeah, that's just that's a preference, though. I don't want to run the number one. I mean, not, not that it's a superstition or anything, but I am the number 96 and, and I'm the only number 96. So it's like I want to be that guy. That's that's my number. That's my brand. That's who I am. So to run the number one on my helmet is cool, but I, I'm not I'm not number one, you know, as much as I. I could run the number, or I should have ran the number, but I don't want to. You know? I kind of, but could you have? Because I don't know how uh, the circumstances, Paul, I don't understand. I don't know. It, this is part of our series. It's, it's part of our series. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's just kind of a weird thing, because it's kind of like this standalone race. Yeah, it's one-off race. But the same bikes. Yeah. And... I mean, he's super sport can't. I don't have a problem with him wearing the number one. If no one else was going to run it, I mean, if there was an issue where he had, you know, if we were both trying to run it, right? You no, know, I mean, but I should get it out I of the two of us. I see your point, but I, I'm fine with him running the number one because he is our super sport champion, and right. we are on super sport bikes. So, and it's the one and only time he's going to be able to yeah, I mean, get that one on his bike. Yeah, so let, let the guy. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Just let the little guy do it. You know. Yeah. I, I, 
But, but, but I, I think it's one of these situations, I mean, when we go into any race or any round of our series, you could say, okay, he's the defending road Atlanta, you know, super sport champion or something. We only do that with Daytona because, you know, even when Daytona was part of the super sport championship, we still would think who the Daytona 200 champion is just because it's such a special race no matter what. And you are the Daytona 200 champion. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. Some something got confused though in the past year because the the first watch on the back says Daytona 200 champion. The new one from last year says winner. So I guess it can be up for debate whether I'm the champion or just a winner here. He's I mean, also the only guy I know that wears two watches. Yeah, I mean, if you got him, might as well wear them. You know, I don't smoke them. Yeah, I I, th- I think I've seen Essek have four on his arm at once. So I mean, if he can wear four, I can wear two. Yeah, yeah but is it one of those on his? Ankle, that's an ankle. <laughs> yeah. That's not an actual watch. I know where you were going to point. Yeah, I, I thought you were pointing somewhere else. I was like, damn, I haven't seen that. But and the band doesn't go that small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but good. So, okay. Danny has like four time winner. He could, he could tie, um, obviously, Miguel Omel and Scott Russell, Mr. Gage on number five. Um, nobody's ever done five five seconds. You're going to have a chance to do it three. Um, Danny, have you guys talked? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, me and Danny are kind of the, the chillest two people in the pits. Like, we kind of just, like, we just hang out together, and we're like, yeah, I mean, we're going to help each other when we can. And the, the last couple laps is just whoever outsmarts the other one is going to get it, you know, as long as we're both in the fight. Um, we don't really we don't really care, you know. Yeah. Like, obviously, we both want to win, but if one of us two wins it, we're going to be happy for the other the other guy no matter what, you know, like, we're teammates. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it goes, especially in Michelle's team, like, one of us can bring home a result from Michelle. It's, uh, it means the world to both of us. So, I want to bring up something that's not the Daytona 200, so it's not a good story for you. But, like, I was fairly disappointed in your results last year in the Stock 1000 Championship because maybe I uh, overestimated your abilities. <laughs> but I, I thought you'd come in and, and you'd challenge for that championship and and. Initially, the year went pretty bad, and then at the end, you kind of got things sorted out a little bit. But were you? Did you think you were going to do better than what you did? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was going to come in and just smash it. To be honest, I uh, still honestly don't really even rate the champion. Like I know Gillum's a good rider. Um, like they're all good riders, obviously. But I, I just expect myself to be right at the front if not smoking all these guys. So for me, I came in with a full head of confidence. Like, yeah, I'm going to turn up. And obviously I wasn't really saying it. I think I made a, made a comment here or there, but um, mostly just in my head, just thinking like, all right, I'm going to turn up and smoke all these fools. Like, they don't know what's coming. Well, because the bike had already Yeah, I mean, the bike had won the championships and then they, they come out with the BMW and the thing's got World Superbike Electronics on it pretty much. The thing sounded like a, I don't even know what going around the track. The thing was unreal. And uh yeah, I mean, it just took me a while to get to get used to it, and I didn't think the learning curve would be that steep, but I kind of smacked my head once or twice, and it just took me a little while, really. But I think I got it under control now, just figuring out the way that the bike wants to be ridden. You know, I'd like to think of myself as like, I can hop on anything and go fast, but it took me a while on that 1,000, which uh, I think I disappointed a decent amount of people last year and uh, surprised people with how poor the performance was at the beginning of the year. and. Uh, Obviously not ideal for me, but even the year before I struggled as well. And uh, in super sport, I was struggling pretty bad in the British championship. But um, right when I found my stride over there, I wound up a couple podiums, pole position, and broke my wrist and missed a couple races. So it was like 
I've been having these uh these like peaks and valleys for the past couple of years now, and uh, the 200's usually been a pretty nice peak for me, and uh, it'd be nice if I can continue my momentum from here through the rest of the year this year. So, Brandon, I'm going to say this the right way. You have a very impressive breathing apparatus on your face. Um, but, Jesus, but, that's, but that's a little hard. No, it's aggressive. I mean, look at it. It's noble. Well, but, I think you said it's massive. Is what I'm no, no it's, but, but it didn't work very well. No, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I had a problem actually too. Um, I didn't say anything about it to really anybody other than I, I think I told you Is about it. Is okay it. for me to – Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Lame. It's just – yeah, I mean, it ain't, it's not something that I like – I didn't go around publicizing it because I didn't want to use it as an excuse or anything like that. Like, it's not an excuse. It's just how I was born or from breaking my nose a couple of times or whatever. But, um, yeah, I had a double deviated septum for a long time. I didn't even know it. And I was coming in from races last year just all, like, red and not being able to breathe. And I was confused what was going on. And uh, I was going to the doctor. I thought I had a problem with my heart. And it was actually my nose. So they – uh went to put the camera up and it went to here on one side and here on the other and they were like yeah this something's wrong here and uh yeah i had surgery uh end of the season last year and i've been setting pros on the bicycle since so it, it has made a difference you can tell you breathe better yeah it made a difference for a little while i mean right now um whether it's just a buildup of mucus or whatever my nose is kind of back to the same oh it seems like it i mean it's probably better than it was but it's uh i'm a little bit congested right now yeah well i think coming down here is a little different it's humid Dude, he lives here i live here now oh, but you're the, really, you're, you're yeah yeah Malvin. so we uh i mean i went tests in the past two days and to the pollen in georgia's about damn killed me what <laughs> yeah you're sniffles a robot, maybe that's it I mean, yeah there's something something to do with the pollen in the air is making me sneeze like crazy but do you deal with allergies oh big time yeah at the ridge last year i i was coming in and my eyes were just bright red. I couldn't see. There was like one lap I had to close my eyes going down the front straight because like my eyes were that dry. I couldn't focus on anything. So I was just riding on the straight like this. And I opened my eyes and was running in the back of that Ezra Bobier. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you ever, have you ever tried breathe right strips or anything? Does that do anything for you? Dude, yeah. That stuff was like at first it started working a little bit, but then got to the point where it just wasn't helping it wouldn't stick on my nose my nose got all inflamed like all the skin and stuff so i uh had to stop using that stuff i went as far as like finding stuff to jam in my nose to like keep the skin yeah. apart yeah and uh that helped for a little bit until i could have the surgery and surgery made a big difference that was kind of gruesome when you had that i mean it looked like you had a pretty serious bloody nose there for a while yeah honestly my nose is still bleeding <laughs> is it really <laughs> not probably probably not from that but yeah it's still like it still gets like little clumps of stuff like that looks like it's from that surgery that comes out every now and again. I'm like, damn, it's been like four months, five months. So just to reset this, so Brandon's racing on a POVC Racing Triumph in the Daytona 281st running, but the rest of the season he's on a Altus Motorsports Suzuki GSXR 1000R. Okay, I want to ask about this. So Paul mentioned the fact that it was a little bit of a struggle last year. So it's five rounds this year. And it's, and it's two races, races per round, so, so you get, get 10, 10 races. Are you, do you know yet whether you guys, because you guys can also race essentially every round of the Superbike class and race there. Do you know yet if you're doing that or what your, what your plan is? I mean, we barely have the budget to do the five rounds, so I think at the moment our plan is to try and get our, uh, our behind-the-scenes stuff sorted out, get those five rounds locked in, and then uh, if we can do more, we'll do more, but if we can't, 
let's just focus on the five rounds, come out with five solid results, well, 10 solid results, and uh, try to fight for the title this year. I mean, last year, kind of got on a streak there towards the end of the year. I think I had four or five podiums in a row and was feeling good. And now if I carry that momentum to round one this year, we'll start in the fight rather than starting in 10th, 11th place of the championship and having to work my way back up and finishing fourth. This year, let's try and start in the top three, top five, and then keep working forward like I always do. So, um, yeah, we're going to focus on those five rounds for, for now, and uh, hopefully we can do more races, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah and, and you haven't mentioned it, it but, I mean, we, we talked, talked about, about I, I, I guess I'm here to just expose all your medical maladies or something, but did you also have an issue with your shoulder last year, too? <laughs> yeah, I've got an issue with my shoulder that I still haven't had fixed. Um, the I think the count now is up to 15 times I've dislocated it in the past year. Um, it'll be a year and in another month, it'll be a year since I dislocated it for the first time. And since then, it's been another 15 times or 16 times total that I've dislocated my left shoulder. So it is weird around on those videos or no, you've done it. Dude, I, right? Yeah. I, uh, the week of Coda last year for the Superbike race, I crashed the 1000 testing dislocated my shoulder, uh, knocked myself out, and then um, went to the hospital, had my shoulder put back in, came back to the hotel, went to sleep. While I was laying in bed, the thing popped out again, same day, and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, Miss Coda, three or four weeks later, I'm in the gym doing my physical therapy with a five pound weight, shoulder popped out again. I was like, this isn't good. Race the next weekend, and then I was somewhere else, um, and I was in bed at one of the races, and my like rolled over my shoulder popped out my sleep again and i was like Yo, you've got to be kidding me and so I, still no surgery though yeah no still no surgery i've just been doing as much uh like strength and like conditioning stuff as i can for it and just trying to build all the muscles around the left it one, the left yeah one. my left one i've also not two years ago three years ago now i dislocated my right shoulder and uh ac joint never got that one fixed either so i <laughs> kind of have two weak shoulders but i mean i've been training a lot and, and i've been feeling pretty uh Pretty, pretty tight, tight, you know, everything's been feeling pretty tight. So, um, you know, once it starts getting loose like that, when it's popping out all the time, that there's a problem, but it's been knock on wood. I mean, it's, it's been feeling pretty good. I've been taking my time rehabbing it and trying to go about it the right way. So hopefully next year I can get surgery or end of this year. Now, now given, given your size, size um, what, what, if you, you had to choose, what are you most comfortable on? Trying or Suzuki? I would guess Suzuki, it's a bigger bike. Yeah, I mean, the Suzuki is definitely bigger, so I fit on it better. But I do enjoy riding that Triumph. Um, it's kind of a toss-up, really. It's hard, too, because both the teams are going to be listening to this, so I can't really say one or the other. But, um, but yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I definitely I like the Super Sport bike still. That's kind of where I've always been fast is in Super Sport. But um, the 1,000 is where I need to be. So, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of time to just figure it out, start going fast on the big bike. Yeah. Well, well, I want, I want to, talk to talk about POBC racing a little bit, and we know this is a team that's owned by Michelle Lindsay, and it's a legacy to John Couch, who is her fiance, I believe. So he's kept the team going from the point of view of the Daytona 200. And previously, they did race an entire season. Have you guys ever discussed? Has she discussed with you the possibility of POBC doing a full moto American season? Yeah, we'd love to, but once again, unfortunately, it comes down to budget. I mean. Um, she was going over some of the numbers with me on how much it would cost her on the season. And I just looked at her and I was like, uh, I didn't even, have, I don't think I even said anything. I just looked at her. I was amazed, but, um, but yeah, she runs a fantastic program. And when you show up to ride for Michelle and, and, uh, 
she's got everything so organized it's unbelievable and um yeah she's just real good to work with i i wish we could run a full season just to see what we could do at some of the other tracks i mean if she can put together a one-off team and and kill it like this every year at daytona uh imagine what she could do at at all the other races so do you do you know who your crew is this year yeah yeah um tell, tell us who's on the crew i mean i was surprised i didn't know until i started looking at your the, the I did a story about pit stops and didn't know. I, I actually thought about Taylor Knapp, but Desiah Davis yeah. was on the front. Yeah, so my crew chief's uh, Rob Ward. He uh, was working for Bobby Fong back when he rode the Triumph, uh, maybe like 2014 yeah. or somewhere around there. Um, so he knows the Triumph. He's uh, I've worked with him before here and there, actually. Um, then I got Rob Silva and Andy Deming are my mechanics. We got uh, Mike Sims is doing my fuel and uh, and stand. And then we got Desiah Davis is doing my front wheel, who I've he actually raced against us last year in stock thousand class towards the end of the year. So, um, hopefully he continues his duty as a best front tire changer in the game and, uh, gives us a nice smooth front tire swap at our first pit stop. Um, I got faith in him and he's, uh, he's super smooth. With it. And then, yeah, the rest of the team, super cool too. Even, even Danny's crew, they kind of, they've been jumping in and out, helping where they can. And, um, uh, we're a kind of a big family effort. So everybody helps each other and it's, uh, good fun atmosphere to be involved in and there's no um no like animosity between any of us and there's no like hate going on it's all we all like love each other so it's cool speaking yeah. of hate <laughs> oh here we go here we go this is gonna be well, good we talked about it earlier before we got started and you said like there's a lot of people in the paddock that that did. hate me well <laughs> despise you yeah is that better yeah i mean yeah yeah, that's and you you don't really know why. I mean, you know you're a smartass, right? Yeah, I, mean, I appreciate smart. that, but not everybody else would. No, yeah, I think it's uh, people have to understand. Like, I'm not that bad, you know. I'm a nice guy most of the time. It's just some of it is like me just being a goofball, like trying to be funny or whatever. But um, every everybody like that I've met in the past years, like, dude, I thought you were an asshole before I met you, and then they <laughs> then they meet me and they're like, I don't know why everybody just thinks you're a dick. I know, even Tucker said he Yeah, it's cr like, I understand I do say some controversial stuff sometimes, but it's not out of, like, me trying to be uh, a dick. It's just... Do you, do you try to be cocky or is it natural? No, it's that's natural <laughs> for sure. I, um, I've always been taught, like, growing up, like, know who you are and, and know that you're the big dog, so act like it, you know? And I don't know, I've always been, like... Uh, a fan of that like when you see somebody that's like walking around and and uh they have that confidence and they just put that out there it's like it makes me respect them you know like if i see somebody acting like that i'm like sweet as long as i'm not racing then i'm like you're a dick so like <laughs> i mean it, it's uh it goes both ways i guess for sure i think it's funny because i'm sure you guys all know and have seen on social media the whole you know brandon pox josh Aaron back and forth these guys actually text each other when they're not doing that. So they have. Oh, now you're giving away the secrets. Now everybody's in biggest stage. I still don't know. It's very fun. It's not just on social media, but they do communicate elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I've had beef with just about everybody in the pits. Like, I mean, let's be honest. There's always somebody that wants to get into it with me. So, I mean, I'm, that either means I'm doing something right or I am an asshole, one or the other, or both. <laughs> let's talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about the Jersey group a little bit. Oh, speaking of Anthony Mask. Yeah, speaking of problems. Yeah, I mean, do you do you and Mask get along? Oh yeah, we uh, 
the only time that we've ever really beefed is when we were racing together. Um, and that's just, we're two young kids trying to beat each other for a championship. You know, and that's just, that's natural. You kind of expect that anyways. And as soon as we kind of outgrew that, I mean, we've been really good friends our whole career, pretty much. I like just hanging out, riding like back home before I moved to Florida, we only lived within an hour of each other. So we were riding dirt bikes and training together all the time on bikes. I mean, he's not a big gym guy, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we used to ride together all the time and stuff like that. So, um, we're good friends. Same with little Gus. And yeah, I was going to ask you about Gus. He's a little bit younger than you guys, but he's kind of part of that rap. Yeah. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. He's definitely the the little brother. He's took it, took a lot more abuse than he probably should have over the years, but that's kind of what happens when you're the youngest in the group. You kind of just get abused and made fun of. And, and he's the nicest one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you could say that, I guess. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's, Growing into the shoes that I was in in 2016, so he's got the uh, the young the young vibe going on there with. Uh, well, it's like Kenny know. Roberts said about Kenny Jr. Because everyone always say how nice Kenny Jr. was, and he'd always say, "Well, he's young; he's got plenty of time to become a prick." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, he, and he kind of never really did. No, he never did. Yeah, Curtis did, but yeah. You know. No, it's funny though. He he like kind of grew up around us, so he kind of saw all of uh, what not to do, and then picked up on the on the. Uh, how to go fast kind of thing, I guess. And, uh, he's been doing good. The, the little guy is uh, coming into his own. I'm excited for him this year for the twins. See how he gets on with the big bike. And, um, yeah, it's cool seeing somebody that like we've helped out so much as a little guy to now he's almost my height and he's, uh, he's killing it. Yeah. He's a good rider. I thought it was really cool last year where, um, you know, you guys went over to England and you, did you, cause you had an experience there. Did you set that up? I was, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I did my part. I'm, I'm trying to help those, those guys get as many opportunities and experiences as they can. And um, a couple of my sponsors came together and, and helped them out, lining up rides for them and um, helping even sponsor them a little bit and stuff like that. And got all of us over there and we kind of did it as like, we're all friends and we all wanted to go race. So we kind of took over BSB for this for the weekend and uh, Gus in the 400 class, Maz in the stock 600 and then me stock thousand. And yeah, I mean, me and Maz were in the two most stacked classes over there besides Superbike. Like, you stick Maz out in stock 600 and there's uh, 40 guys in the class, 45 guys in the class, and they're all pretty good. And then they've me and Ben, there. they've all been to Brands Hatch a, a million times. And then you stick me out in stock 1,000 and you got half the grid is ex-Superbike riders and the other half the grid are going to Superbike. So it's like, yeah, you're around a bunch of killers. And um, and then Gus, too. Like the four, uh, None of the classes over there are easy. It's, it's all hard, but... Um, Gus did well, almost on the podium in the one race. And I think I finished eighth or ninth or I don't, I don't even know. I don't remember, but, um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. It was pretty sweet. It was cool having all my friends come over with me and we all traveled together, screwed around together the whole time, stayed in the same hotels, rental cars, all that good stuff. So you can imagine three hooligans taking over England. It was, it was an interesting weekend for sure. And wasn't Gus's dad, dad with you guys too? Yeah. Poor Kevin. He had Kev to deal with us. Yeah. Kev dog had to deal with us. And I, I, I am so sorry, Kevin. That was a, <laughs> that was probably a long trip for him. <laughs> he sent me a photo and he's like trying to wrangle you guys and you go up there in the back. Relieving yourself. It's in a wall. Yeah. It's like, you can't take these guys anywhere. No, yeah. We uh we wound up we, we flew over and uh we wound up having to get two rental cars because we had that much stuff with us. We like we get off the plane and we're looking and we're like, hmm, six gear bags, everybody's personal bags. We're like, that ain't fitting in one car. Yeah. Driving around in 
two uh, newer rental cars just bashing them off bushes and stuff in England. It's just driving like idiots. None of us, well, obviously I've driven there before, but I'm not old enough to rent a car. So poor Kev dogs driving on the wrong side of the road, smacking into trees and shit, driving like a grandma. I was like, dude, just let me drive, please. But uh, no, that was a, a pretty unreal experience. It was fun. Like I said, going over there with two of my friends that are really good friends. And uh, it was a unique experience that not everybody gets. Hey, you can help me with something. So we know um, Gus Rodeo this year, he's, he's racing for Rodeo Racing powered by Robem Engineering. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that, that those two teams came together. So it's Ben Vladi and Gus Rodeo and Aprilia are 660s in the Revit Twins Cup class. We've got Brandon after this weekend who's going to be in Stock 1000 on, uh, obviously, all those motorsports, GSXR 1000R. And uh, Masiato is with Northeast Cycle on Yamaha R6. He's not part of your group, but the one guy that was on that team, Benjamin Smith. Do we know what's going on with him? That's uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I've heard rumors of him riding for a bunch of different teams, but I've not heard anything, and I don't talk to him really. I mean, he is somewhat local to us, and right. we actually grew up racing with him and the mini bikes and yes. stuff like that, but he kind of took a different, uh, more smarter career path where yeah, he, he actually went to college. Hooligan. He went to college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes him less of a hooligan or more. He might be... You don't know. He might be out of them frat houses well, having a good old time. You end up you know? with a degree. At least he'll have a degree. I You're barely have a high school nothing degree. But rent, so, rental cars that are wrecked. Yeah, wrecked rental cars and a couple trophies, and, and couple that'll be me. Yeah, a couple Rolexes. I'll be pawning those off in a few years to get a house or something. But, um, yeah, I've not heard anything about Ben. I mean, I I, uh, I hope he gets a ride. Ben's got a lot of talent, and he's uh, been around for a while now, and it would be cool to see him on the grid for sure. Yeah, I think I, I thought maybe, maybe his plan was going to be on a leader bike, so maybe stop that thousand. That'd be cool. He lives in, like, like South, South Carolina, Carolina, I think, now, so um, I don't know if that's where he's going to college, but I know he moved there, and you're right, he was from Pennsylvania. Yeah, he was going to Penn State. Yeah, he was. Well, yeah, it sucks. I don't, I, I wish I talked to him more. I just, he's doing his own thing, and I don't like to bother people, so I only really uh, stick with my little crew of people. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really go out of my way to annoy people, unless it's uh, somewhat provoked on social media, then I'll clap right back at him. <laughs> Well, listen, I think we can wrap it up here, but I mean, we wish you a huge amount, amount of luck for, you know, doing three in a row. It would be so cool. I mean, it'd be awesome. Um, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. We'll see at the end, but I'm sure it's going to be close. And then, you know, good luck to you during the season. Thank you. In Stock 1000. And Paul, you got anything more for... Well, I want to thank you for doing all that. He did a lot. Oh, right. He did a lot of yeah, Daytona yeah, PR for us. He went to the 500 and Supercross and... And uh, got some TV interviews and stuff, so that that was appreciated. Yeah, that was sweet. It was a good time, and hopefully we can do more of it when uh, when we get out of here with the third Rolex, and uh, we can do some more TV stuff and and PR. Okay. I'll be in uh, Catch Me in Waffle House Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's at. And hey, I want to mention you guys. So the Daytona 200 is going to be live on Moto America Live Plus. It's the only way you can watch it live. Uh, on that day, so make sure that you get the subscription and uh, join us. There's a lot of the riders that tell us even when they're at this track, they like Live Plus because they can watch some of the sessions when they're not out there. Plus, this track is big, so it's a chance for everybody to see it. And even if you're here, Live Plus is a great streaming subscription server to have. And so, uh, also, I think 200 is actually on NAV TV the next day. It's, it's one one day delayed, um, but for sure, if you want to see it live, it's it's Moto America Live Plus, and you can go to our website and click on how to watch and it'll be there so thanks a lot for joining us thank you Brandon. thank you guys yeah and uh thanks to the whole tobc racing team for giving us a uh 
pretty unreal package again this year. Arai helmets, Speedy Leathers. Um, if you don't know Jack, uh, just everybody else helps me out. Lux RVIP, Evolve GT Track Days, um, Shop Team BP96. That's uh, Go get yourself some swag and, uh, and support the cause. We're out here grinding. Hey, what's, what's the duck, duck real, quick? real quick? Oh, so the duck was actually, it started off as like my first winning helmet from Daytona was all a bunch of rubber duckies. And that kind of started as a joke because I had these like swim trunks that were all rubber duckies. I used to wear them all the time. You guys might remember those. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so the first helmet was a joke. And then I won the race. So then we were like, you know what? It needs to have a duck on the second one. So last year, put a duck right there in the same spot, won the race. So I was like, all right, do not miss the duck again this year. lap. <laughs> There needs to be a duck on there. So we got the ducky on there again, and uh, hopefully that's my good luck charm. It's uh, okay. superstitious racers, man. Love it. It's unreal. <laughs> right, thank you. Thanks. Thanks.